Hello, I'm Jim, and this is On The Left Side, the alternative football show. Another incredible seven days of football has passed, and it's been a good week for Slaven Bilic. Just last week we were talking about him being under pressure, but a couple of extra points on the board and things are looking much more rosy at the London Stadium, with the West Ham boss even coming up with this glowing appraisal of striker Andy Carroll. It's, uh, it's no secret that I'm a big fan of him. He's a miracle, to be fair. It reminds me of another Christmas miracle. A long-haired, bearded saviour. Born under the star of Newquay Brown Ale. And pretty decent at getting on the crosses. Although I don't remember the original Messiah being unable to cure lepers for four months of the year because of another knee injury. So, what's coming up on this week's show? We go on the piss with Yaya Toure, change our minds about Cristiano Ronaldo, and consider a move to China. But first, it's Eye of the Tiger time in Liverpool. It's the Merseyside derby this week, one of the most hotly contested derby matches in the world. And this year, it's all kicked off early. Let's get ready to rumble! Unusually this year, it wasn't Blues taking on Reds, fans on fans or even Coleman having a pop at Klopp. It was a bit of friendly fire. After some high-profile criticism from various TV pundits, new cop keeper Loris Karius has been dropped from Liverpool's starting lineup in a move clearly taking direct inspiration from the way he handles crosses. It all started when Sky Sports pundit and bad teenage moustache grower Gary Neville criticised Karius' performance, with the keeper hitting back at the former Manchester United player in a special magazine interview. Oh no, shots fired! Which, as we know, is another one of Loris's weak points. But as if criticism from arch-rivals Manchester United's alumni wasn't bad enough, then former Liverpool defender Jamie Carragher goes and gets involved, clearly rattled by the stopper, opening his mouth when he should have been shutting up his goal. Shut up and just do your job. Next, it was Didi Haman who waded in, this time in defence of the under-fire keeper, by tweeting... Cara is out of order. Karios is 23 years old and played over 100 games. Deserves a little more respect. Don't tell an adult to shut up. Poor form. And then Jamie hit back with... You weren't telling me to shut up when I got you out of that Tokyo Nick in 2005. Right, that's... Calm down, calm down, we've all had a drink. You can actually find the story that he's referring to in that last tweet with a very quick Google search. But I assure you, it has nothing on some Midlands club's recent misdemeanours in the Far East. <coughs> Leicester City. The pair assure the world they are still friends and on speaking terms. But in terms of having a dig at someone, you only need to refer to the master of the press conference quote right now. And that is Jurgen Klopp. The German has been in more superb form this week. First was his response to Genev's criticism of his stopper, which quickly moved on to an appraisal of Neville's time at Valencia. The pundits are the former players, a lot of them, and especially the Neville brothers, and I have to say really the one who was the manager. He, he showed that he struggled with the job to judge players. I don't listen to them. And by the way, you can tell him I'm not on Twitter. So if you want to tell me something, Twitter doesn't help. Ooh, brutal. But it's also made me quite sad that Klopp isn't on Twitter because he would be amazing at social media. I just had a sausage at the German market. 
wasn't the bratwurst I've ever had. Ha 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 Hashtag sausage. But Klopp was in even better form heading into the Everton game this week and gave a hint as to how he might be motivating players ahead of the big match. When I was much younger, I tried to use the, the story of Rocky IV. And after five minutes, I recognized that nobody of my players had a clue what I'm talking about. Rocky is a wonderful story. I loved it my whole life. Yeah. And maybe sometime I will go to stairs of Philadelphia or run up. But um, yeah, not this week. Genius. I hope he does take inspiration from Rocky for training his players too. He could make them move to a log cabin in the wilderness to regain fitness. Nice slow motion video montages of Daniel Sturridge running through Liverpool One shopping centre. Or just use a great big hunk of useless dead meat for training. But that's no way to talk about Dejan Lovram. But from a Liverpool angle, if we're talking about stirring speeches, then it doesn't come more emotional than that from former Liverpool hero Dirk Kuyt's message to former teammate Steven Gerrard this week. There is nothing better than a player showing as much passion for your club as you feel week in, week out. And I'm sure Dirk's message would have sent shivers down the spine of Liverpool fans everywhere. You know, I played for six years for Liverpool. We played against uh, Manchester United at Old Trafford. But one thing happened during the game. 60,000 supporters shouted against me and they said, you scouts bastard. It made me proud because I, I felt proud to be named a scouser, an adopted scouser. Because for me, scousers are good people, hardworking people, committed people, and people who never give up. I also want you to send you the message that you should never give up. Keep fighting, stay positive, and you know, Whatever will happen, the people, your friends, and I will be very proud of you. It's beautiful for any fan. It's a nice one, Dirk. You scouse bastard. I don't know if you noticed, but there's quite a lot of money in football right now. Horrendous, embarrassing, eye-watering sums of cash sloshing about in the sport. The kind of volumes that would make Set Blatter blush and start wondering if he needs to get to Staples to buy a new stock of brown paper envelopes. And it's getting worse. The explosion of the sport in China means that footballing stars are getting offered obscene amounts of cash to kick a big bag of air around in the Far East and the figures are getting bigger and bigger, seemingly by the week. The numbers are so big now that I'm not sure if they're offers of wages from China or a takeout order for my local Chinese takeaway. Yeah, that's a number 34, an 87, a number eight, and a 97, please. Yeah, I make that 3,487,897 pounds a year. Chelsea midfielder Oscar and Argentinian star Carlos Tevez are the latest names to be linked with a switch, with the latter reported to be considering a 615,000 pound a week deal. That's enough money to keep Jamie Vardy in Blue Wicked for the rest of his life. Or, actually, enough money for Tevez to afford a brand new Porsche every day, a new helicopter every week, or enough to pay 8,000 Chinese workers the country's average annual wage. Insanity. But it's not just the Chinese game that's bowing down to the almighty dollar. 
Manchester United have signed yet another sponsorship deal this week, this time gathering in a massive pile of cash from the music service Deezer to become their official music streaming service, which maybe explains the ridiculously massive headphones that all the players seem to wear when they get off the bus nowadays. You may think it's a step too far for United, but it's the latest in a baffling list of commercial deals. Just adding to their official noodle supplier, their official paint partner, their official tractor associate, and their official lubricant partner. Really, I was gonna make a joke here about the next ridiculous sponsorship deal they could have, but they've actually done everything now. At the other end of the scale from Manchester United, we have Leicester City captain Wes Morgan. He's still cashing in on last season's success with the Foxes and has signed a lucrative contract with rum makers Captain Morgan. The Jamaican international was clearly absolutely thrilled with his new deal and so posted a picture of his new contract on Twitter which included some brilliant clauses like this. A clause 8.1, during the term, Wes Morgan shall be entitled to enter licensed premises dressed as Captain Morgan and purchase a Captain Morgan and cola beverage for each patron in attendance by extending his arms into the shape of a Y and shouting, there is only one Captain Morgan. Or possibly even better, a clause 9.2. Patrons who consume too much alcohol should be told only anchors go overboard, please drink responsibly, and instead offered a glass of water. It's possibly the greatest contract ever signed in football, and also provides an answer to the eternal and previously rhetorical question, what price of dignity? It turns out that price is a rum and coke. was the annual Messi versus Ronaldo competition this year, or as apparently it's being called now, the Ballon d'Or. The winner is... El Cristiano. Yeah. Yep, it was the permatanned, peck-flexing Portuguese that turned up to grab the gong again this year, amazingly achieving the impossible and seemingly adding to his already overinflated ego. I saw a great letter from a fan this week written to the mailbox section of Football 365 in which he compared Messi to a manufactured pop star, spotted as a youngster, nurtured and moulded into the record company's, that's Barcelona's image. Almost too perfect and just a little bit boring. Whilst Ronaldo is the rock band, a raw talent that got to where he needed to be by hard work and effort. All ego and all excess. It's a great analogy and it just adds to the increasing difficulty that I'm finding in hating Cristiano Ronaldo. I really want to hate him. I really do. But at the moment, I'm struggling. His look at me antics during the European Championships when he danced around on the touchline during the final, commanding all the attention away from his teammates, should have had me making rude gestures at the screen, but instead, I was just wishing that one England player, just one, showed the same commitment to the cause. You add that to his charity work and the way he seems to bond with his teammates, and it, it's just hard to hate the guy even if he does look like the love child of a Ken doll and David Dickinson. Do not stare at the head. But just when I was starting to think that Ronaldo may be edging it past Messi for my number one spot, the little Argentinian wins my heart back. Do you remember Murtaz Amadi? 
the Afghan boy, pictured wearing a blue and white striped plastic bag with Messi 10 written on the back with marker pen. You might remember that also back in March, Messi sent him a signed shirt, which was a lovely gesture, but it just got better. Mataza finally got to meet his idol this week when he got to hang out with Messi for the day and be mascot for Barcelona during their friendly in Doha. There are various videos of the pair hanging out together on the internet and in every single one, the little boy has his arms firmly wrapped around Lionel Messi. It's touching stuff, the highlight of which is when the other mascots all leave the pitch before kickoff, but Mataza refuses to budge and still keeps a tight grip on his hero's hand until he has to be carried off the field by the referee's assistant. That's Mataza, not Messi. The little lad described his day as being like a dream. And all credit to Messi for his part in what has to be one of the feel-good stories of 2016. Now, if you excuse me, I think my allergies are playing up. <laughs> and finally, it's not been the best week for Yaya Toure. Sure, the big Ivorian may have forced his way back into the plans of Pep Guardiola at City, but he's now not going to be able to get himself to training after he picked up a £54,000 fine and an 18-month ban from driving after being caught twice the legal limit whilst behind the wheel. He admitted his guilt, although he does claim that, being a Muslim, he did not intentionally consume alcohol. And you have to feel for Yaya. I mean, who hasn't accidentally had a drink or two? Just this week, it was the on the left side Christmas party and I promised Mrs. Jim I'd take it a bit easy. But before I knew it, I'd unintentionally drunk five pints of Stella, some mulled wine and a brandy chaser before accidentally getting the Jaeger bombs in. Next thing you know, I've unwittingly eaten a kebab, mistakenly spent the best part of a hundred quid in a strip club and inadvertently fallen asleep in a pool of my own vomit. Now, I'm unintentionally having to look for a good divorce lawyer in the new year. See, these things just happen. Right, that's it for another episode of On The Left Side, the alternative football show. Consider it's our Christmas present to you. What? You didn't get us anything? Well, it's a bit awkward. I'll tell you what, as your gift to us, why not tell a friend about On The Left Side and spread a bit of festive cheer? Plus, give us a follow on Twitter at On The Left Side. Deal. Right, I'm off to dress in a pirate costume and demand my local bar serves me free drinks all night, unintentionally, because that's full time. Bye-bye! Ho, 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 ho! On The Left Side is a Paint Your Headphones production for Abrupt Audio and is written and produced by Ant McGinley and Jim Salverson.